Welcome to episode 908 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 908 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. The bearded man has arrived. I have arrived, but I've brightened things up with my fluoro I Am Talk. You, you cannot miss John Newsom right now. He looks Jesus on a, on a, a smiley face <laughs> Jesus. You know, you think the bright smiley face that they had on Forrest Gump? There's yeah. John Newsom right now. It's going to be here for a short time. It's not much of a beard. It's more. It's more George Michael stubble. Uh, yeah, we've only got a, a about a week's growth there. That's a, you just grow a lot in a week, don't you? A little bit over a week. One what do you, week what's, what's the intention here, John? Um, what are you doing with your life? Just I'm going to have a, a one day moustache just to take the piss out of someone. So I've got to grow it up and come out and surprise with one day moustache, and now I'm losing it because I do not like so it. So when 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 do you hit the moustache? Tuesday next week. The one week t- today. Okay. Mm. Oh, so I'll get I'll get set. No, you won't. No, no, the day recording. before, I'll see the more beard. Mm, I'm not sure what I will have done by then. I might do the approach where I shave a couple of days before, just have a little bit of stubble, but I don't really want to go out in public with that. Uh, no, so I, you've got to turn up here next week with the moustache. Okay, I'll do it. We'll yeah, go on. Yep. You'll look like an 80s porn star. <laughs> well. <laughs> no, 70s porn. Not that we know what that looks like. Dress uh, up Mondays, we'll all dress up for <laughs> I Am Talk. There we go. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Our fantastic patrons. We've got Paul the Mad Man Mitchell. Sean the Big Dipper Bonsall. And then we've got Alistair Speed Feet Fleet. Got an idea, Bevan. Here we go. Um, we've got a couple of new patrons today as well. Oh, that's great. And I've got an idea about uh, one of our patrons See, the reason he signed up is because I started slagging off our government on the last show <laughs> before. So I'm wondering if John's we political s- section. Yeah, and we might get some more patrons because I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable I could annoy, you know, <laughs> half the population around the world, you know, slagging off Trump. That's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Brits are pretty easy as well. And but so wait a second, won't we lose half well, the we'll lose, we, That's the risk we play, was we might lose some, but we might gain some. That so res- wait a second, resonate. he was giving us money because he backed your... Yeah, because I was going on about... Um, smoking. Like smoking and getting rid of Toreo Māori and, uh, and fossil fuels and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, he, liked, he liked what I was saying. There we go. So if you like our political leanings... Give us money. If you don't, just keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, give us money as well. Um, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got pro of the week. Coach's Corner, you've got three subjects. Random. We are going random because uh, I only got back midweek last week. Didn't have a heaps of time to prep. It's quite a few random well. topics. A wing of the week questions and answer. And now, funny enough, there's not much happening in the news front this week. So John did a bit of a research on the highlights package. Well, they've released the highlights package. What's really interesting, John, so you sent through the link to you. YouTube, and I thought I'd start watching it, but so I don't the Ironman World Champs. Yeah, and about. they've got the, what they've done is they've broken it into different sections. So they've got uh, the documentary special, which is kind of the overview. Then they've got uh, the swim, the bike, the run, the finish line. Um, what's really interesting? This was released two days ago, and the whole package is only twenty five thousand views. Yeah, but what they did do, they released it on outside sports first, and did this sort of live premiere, but okay. like the NBC coverage, and. I was thinking, well, I can't watch it on that because it's in the middle of the night, um, so I'm not watching that. And then I was thinking, they better not leave it up there so the rest of us can't watch it because unless you have an outside plus subscription, then you won't be able to watch it. So good on them for putting it on YouTube. It has only been out there a short time. A lot of people will have already seen it. I'm actually looking forward, a bit like you, I scanned through it, I haven't watched it. But from what I could see, it looked really good. Um, It's quite different to the NBC coverage. 
So they kind of just merged them together, the the niece and Kona, okay. and looks like there's plenty of pro interviews, which I like the look of. Um, one of the key differences is instead of having an outsider like they do on NBC, they had um, Matt Lieto sort of yep. doing the the voice for for a lot of it. Um, so yeah, on my two minute scan over, it looked good, and I'm looking forward to watching it when our weather turns rubbish, which doesn't look like anytime soon. Which does, is great. does the main documentary go on? I know it's probably not a main broadcast TV nowadays. Where well, does it go? I think this is the first time it hasn't been on NBC because now they've got this agreement with Outside Sports. So yeah, it didn't. The, the little bit that I had to me watching, it was more of a sports program than NBC is trying to. Promote. Encapsulate the masses. Yeah. So, uh, from, Jeez, from my massive. selfish point of view, way better. Well, it's only thirty <laughs> minutes as well. Well, thirty minutes per section. It's ninety minutes all up. Oh, okay. So, so the world stage, the first sections. No, I, I thought what they did is they did almost like a one-off first section. No, no, no. Oh, okay. So, so all together, it's two and a half hours. Oh, two and a half is it? Yeah. yeah. So, yep. Good so, on them. Okay, cool. Because I thought, I, looking at, it, I thought maybe, maybe what they did is did one section, which is the overall race, mm. and then the other sections are kind of breaking down the race. But okay, well, I'll check it out. Um, but interestingly, if they have off the NBC, and, and I know media is a different world nowadays. So different. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, how many people are actually watching NBC? It might not even be NBC. It might be one of their. Yeah, it'll yeah. be an offshoot nowadays, wouldn't it? Wouldn't I be. I would be so the limited value in doing that. Yeah. So, okay, uh, we do have some results that happened while well, we we're away. It was just uh, last weekend, a couple of days ago. We had the seven, traditional seventy point three in Poussin or Pucon, whatever you have you pronounce it. Marta Sanchez took that out um, on the female side, and then Sam Long crushed all the boys on the uh, on their side of it. He just annihilates Sam Long. Annihilated them on the bike. He put six minutes into and some a guys half. that are pretty decent, uh, and he ended up winning by seven minutes and a half. So uh, hopefully he kicks on, and it'd just be cool to see someone like him or Lionel Sanders be able to get their shit together in the swim and actually keep up and actually uh, spice things up a little more rather than just uh, you know struggling through the swim and, and sort of. And on that catch front, up. what's what's the potential of Sam Long actually getting to that next level? Like it, Sanders is a bit long in the tooth now, yeah. so and, and Sam Long's still only twenty eight. Yeah, it's not happening. You don't think <laughs> it's not happening? But no, five years of swimming, you don't think? Nah, ever? not even close. Who's the, who he's so the, far off? The who's bat. had the the best increase? And you know, like the guys who were. Of, you know, never really great someone, and actually kind of got up to the next level. Um, well, someone who doesn't come from a swimming background, and this is Kiwi bias, is Braden Curry. Yeah, he's done um, amazing, he got well, isn't swimming he? up to a really good level. Um, Where he went about doing it? He's just naturally talented athlete as well, and uh, not saying Sam Long and Lionel Sanders aren't naturally talented, but once you've done a certain amount of swimming, he'll he will keep improving. He ain't making the main pack, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, Pity, because as you said, imagine if he was in that main pack. Mm. It would definitely change the game a little bit. Uh, what's interesting, did you do the females? Uh, I just mentioned who won. But yeah, but yeah, It's interesting, they've updated their PTO website a little bit and they've got us. They've got a little graphic showing who won each league. Yes, oh, so especially in transitions, which we, Barbara Riveros, she must be, she must be 40, I'm thinking. Uh, she's been... Oh, it doesn't actually have her age there, oh. um, but she's been around a long time, but she took out tra transition too. Good short course background. She did the Olympic Games back in 2008. She's been, she would have been to multiple Olympics, I'd say, um, Barbara Riveros. She, she got 25th. Yeah, no, she was good. She's Where's she from? Chile. Chile. Yep, no, she had some, some good races in her time. 
Uh, we also looking well, forward to this year. 2024 is a big year in triathlon. So John thought he'd have a look at what's what are the big events that are going to be happening in the year coming forward. And we're breaking it down into the different categories. So let's look at short course first. So we've got the World Triathlon Series. Um, what, six races, seven races? Yeah. Because it's, it's an many. Olympic year? Yeah, it's and, and they're struggling to get venues as well. It's really? It's not just that. How many races on a typical year are there? Maybe an extra one, maybe an extra two, but there's no racing in uh, the UK, so they've had a race there for a long, long time. And, and is it because of loss of venue? Uh, loss of money, really. They, really. they charge huge amounts of money to have these events, uh, so, well, huge in triathlon terms. Uh, and then there's no race in America. Uh, there's no race in... Australasia, um, so you kick off in Abu Dhabi in March, don't know how many people will rock up to that one, given it's sort of an Olympic year, then you go to Yokohama, which is a traditional venue, Cal- Cagliari in May, and then likely a big hit out in Germany, in Hamburg, which is sort of a couple of weeks before the Olympics, and then it'll be interesting to see what happens after that in terms of whether people go off in different directions, you've got Montreal and uh, Malaga is the grand finale, because what we may well see is some athletes going off and doing, getting ready for 70.3 Worlds if they want to give that like a serious um, go. Uh, other athletes may consider going off and doing Ironman um, later in the season as well. So this year Ironman's a little bit earlier for the boys but you know someone like a Blumenfeld um, may go off and, and do Ironman. So that's what the World Triathlon Series calendar looks like. Um, Hamburg will be the big uh, big showdown I think. Okay, so we've got the Olympic triathlons are going to be happening on the 30th and the 31st. Of July. Uh, and Yeah, of July, and then the 5th maybe for the mixed relays. So hard. So basically two weeks before the Olympics, you're going to have Hamburg. Yep, you go full noise there. You do? That's your, that's your sort of final big hit out. Some of them may well go off and do Bundesliga races, which is a German league, or French Grand Prix, and, and bypass that. Like if you're in France and the race is just down the road, you have really good standard at the Grand Prix races. You might go, no, I'm not going to Hamburg. Okay. Um, but it's reasonably likely it'll be, it'll be a good field. So, yeah, Olympics. Uh, the next thing on, as Bevan said, 30th and 31st of July. So the men go first on the 30th, women on the 31st. Mixed team relay on the 5th. Should be a cracker. We, everybody needs to have their fingers crossed that we don't get lots of rain before the race because that means there's a, the risk of it being a duathlon, um, which we saw this year. They had managed the triathlon, but then the mixed team relay ended up being a duathlon. And apologies, uh, no, I haven't got Even the in the individual, or is it only mixed relay that do that? It was only the mixed relay they ended up doing as a duathlon. Um, so I what, can't remember. Why? Uh, it probably rained, and then you just got the wash off going into the river, and the uh, water quality. Oh, so dips. the water quality is an issue. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen. And the one thing I haven't added in here is the Paralympics, which I assume will be a couple of weeks after the main Olympics, and they also, from memory, had their race uh, turned into a duathlon as well. When we look at the World Triathlon Series, you know, in an Olympic year, like, for example, after the Olympics, do people kind of lose their mojo? Is it, is it kind of, you know, if you're the champion, you're the champion, but is mm. those years always a bit of an asterisk year? little bit, little bit, and I think that might be accentuated even more this year with PTO races mm. and... Um, and the 70.3 world champs, which, you know, Hayden Wilde has indicated he's definitely doing. But it's not till December, so it's pretty good money um, to go and carry on racing, but it might not be quite as high a focus. So you still rock up, but you're peaking at the end of July. Do you get points for the Olympics in mm, the series? No. It's interesting. Pretty, po- pretty positive you don't. Y- yeah. In some ways, you could argue they should. 
Mm, Although yeah. not everyone gets to compete, do they? Because it's no. limited. Yeah, okay. Mm. And other, you know, it'll be interesting to see who does Hamburg, like um, in Blumenfeld, uh, who goes on to Kona. Because Kona is a little bit longer now. Because if it was yeah. Nice, it would be closer to mm. the Olympics. Whereas Kona is going to be basically two months later. Yeah. So there's a bit more time. So it'll be interesting to see who goes, bugger, I'm going to turn up at Kona and give it a, give it a bash. I'm just wondering whether he's qualified. I suppose he's a past champion. Yeah, five years. Well, he used to get five yeah. years, didn't he? But in terms of anybody else that wants to do it, they would probably have to go and qualify somewhere, I guess. And it's so not going to happen beforehand, is it? Not likely. Okay, so the other big league we have, or one of the other big leagues, is Super League, but we don't really know the terrain of the year. So we'll you be. Ne- you never do know with them. No. <laughs> it just sort of pops up and you go, oh, Super League's coming. Yeah. Uh, so they've got no dates. They've got no dates for the arena games, whether or not they're going to carry on with that or not. Um, that's traditionally, no, not traditionally, last season it was sort of a, a lead into the into the year and they had the, they combined it with World Triathlon and had a, a sort of a championship race. Just it's just not drawing the big stars, so I don't know if they're going to carry on with that. But well, let's wait and see. Um, and who knows again what's going to happen at the end of the year because athletes might go off and into different directions. And that Super League stuff is bloody hard. It looks like great fun, um, but it's pretty hardcore. If Super League could like be way more money than the World Triathlon Series, um, yeah, money talks. It it does. Um, and I suppose a good example is what we've seen with PTO this last couple last year. Yeah. yeah, they drew really, really strong fields, but not everybody rocked up. Mm. So I think it would have to be massively more than uh, what you get from the World Triathlon Series. Mm. Um, it just it still feels to me like it's a sideshow made for TV. It's great racing, and I. It's, it's the, the most best, entertaining version. It's the most of our entertaining sport. version. But I don't think the athletes really specifically prepare for it yet. Yeah, mm. but, uh, but it's, it's the thing I'm curious about. If it is the most appealing way to get our sport to the masses, mm. what do they need to do to actually be a bigger player? Mm. Or if it's a TV sport where the general public is watching it, does it matter if they don't get the rock stars? Yeah, um, we're not the right people for us. Eh? Yeah, you know, like mm. it's still entertaining sport, isn't it? Mm. And if they if they package it well, which they do a great job with their packaging, mm-hmm. um, Joe Public who turns on TV on a Saturday afternoon and the sports on, and you don't know that you know the top guys aren't there. Yeah, as long as it's good racing. Yeah, yeah, mm. and you kind of you know again if they package it right, so you know I want Super League to be strong because they're innovators in our sport, and mm. in many ways they're innovating back to the old days. But yeah. Hey, good on them. Uh, PTO. Now, we only have two races announced so far, don't we? Yeah. Uh, so 12th and... It's, it's actually a bit of a fault, isn't it? It is. They're, they're acknowledging it's a fault. Um, they, they totally know that they're not doing a great job there, but they're just trying to... They don't want to announce things before everything's 100% locked in, which they have already done once this year. They, you know, they locked in and said the European Open was going to be the European champs, and it wasn't for, for, because their partnership with World Triathlon. It's like they can call it the European Open, but it's not the European champs. Um, so all we've got from PTO so far is the Asian Open, which is in April, um, and then the European Open, which is in September. However, what everybody's saying is it sounds like there's going to be anywhere between six and maybe eight races, so we'll have to just wait and see where they're going to pop up. You would assume we're going to see at least one in America, um, if not one in Canada as well. Um, with I can't see one happening in Oceania uh, unless it's right at the end of the, the year because... Um, then you've got the World Champs in mm, Top Hall. Yeah, so who knows what's going to happen there, but we look forward to seeing those dates. I suspect, and we should ask pros this, they may not be able to answer, the pros have probably been told 
this is the likely layout of where it's going to be. We can't give you all the details and we don't want anybody to announce it, yep. but I'm sh- I would hope, given it's their organisation, that they do have a wind of what's going to be happening, especially those athletes that are going to be contracted on. With regards to the Asian Open and the European Open, are the locations the same as last year? Uh, yes. So Singapore. So Singapore and Ibiza. And they were good locations, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, they yeah. Out of Singapore, the backdrop was amazing. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's awesome around there, isn't it? Hot. Hot. Humid. Mm. Oh, sticky. And now we're going to talk about Ironman because Ironman pulled their, well, had their pants pulled down over the last few years and they've decided that, you know what, we're going to try to get the pros back to the game. So we've got the Split World Championships happening again. So this year, the women will be in Nice in September. Uh, that Also, that's good for those who want to do 7.3. Uh, the men will be in Kona and that's, have they announced a date for that? They have, and it's quite a bit later than usual. Uh, and I imagine that is due to the moons, because that's often oh, the how they sort of scheduled things. Um, it's not till the twenty sixth of October. So moons because of tidal. And uh, moons, just so you've got enough light. I, I oh, think on okay. the run as well. Okay. I'm, I, I'm thinking uh, because traditionally it's more sort of mid early October, sort of around 10th to 15th. So yeah, a little bit later. Um, not that that makes a, a big deal. It's just, it is a bit later. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be interesting. 70.3 world champs are very late this year because uh, they're in New Zealand and they're in December 14th and 15th in Topor. Do you, do, you, do you want to qualify for that? No. no. Why not? <laughs> oh, we've discussed this many, many times. Have we? I'm just not interested. And, that's in your home country. Yeah, I'd rather go and do one elsewhere, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, and I don't particularly want to pay... Um, it's expensive to raise uh, that. 750 US, I think it is, for an entry fee. For a Even doing... I was talking to Ellie at the gym, young Ellie, and um, she was saying that the cost of entering just to 70.3, it's, it's pretty high nowadays. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a lot of money just uh, for a race. Yeah, so uh, come do the Oxman. Uh, so That's anyway, right. so yeah, the, the the new pro series kicks off in April in Oceanside, which is always a really good, strong field. However. What we're going to see this year is you're going to have the Asian Open. So I would imagine that's going to take out all of your usual contenders, you know, the likes of Tamara Jewett. I think she won it last year maybe. Paula Finlay, for sure, you'd think she'd be doing the PTO stuff. Ashley Gentle, and then likewise on the boys' side, um, you know, a lot of those big hitters, you, you think they're going to be there. So I would imagine that'll be a weaker field, but you may get some still some big names there in terms of more the Ironman people that yeah. want to sort of kick their season Joe off. Skipper. So, yeah, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out. So it kicks off in April. You've got a bunch of um, 70.3s and Ironman spread through the series. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't know. About 20 races, <laughs> roughly, uh, including the world champs. Um, spread through through the season, so some Wait, of What's the bonuses again? I can't recall them off the top of my head. Uh, it's pretty reasonably significant. It's worthwhile. It's bonuses, isn't it? Too. Yeah. It's, it's end of the year payout. Yeah. So it's not it's, more in each no race. increase in each race. Uh, it's bonuses at the end of the season. So, and it'll be highly influenced by the world championships, won't it? There is a bonus for the world champs as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope it's not the way where the world champs kind of just get all the money. I don't think it is. Yeah. Because no. what's the point otherwise? Yeah. No. You know, it's great for the world champs, but we're kind of, you know, the thing I like about what they've done is that there's more money going to be spread out. Like a Joe Skipper, who's a great athlete, mm. the PTO races aren't necessarily in his favour. So he can do really well in this series and still make a, that extra bonus at the end of the year. Because it it's, it's, 
something like five or six races. They haven't got that in front of me. So, yep. and I think you'll need to do all of those that number of races to be in the mix uh, to to win it. So, yeah, you'll need to be reasonably committed to the series to to do it. That's good. I guess so. That's pretty much the main events that are going to be happening this year in the triathlon world. It's definitely a big year because it's an Olympic year, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch that Olympic race. Fingers crossed, as John was saying earlier, that the water. Isn't a problem. Okay, so John actually put up a Facebook post I saw yesterday uh, for this week's discussion, and he said, what are your goals? Well, tell us about your goals for 2024. Well, no, more your January challenges. If you've got a New Year's resolution and you're trying to kickstart your year, and this has been the reason I bring this up is there's two people locally who are doing some little challenges, so I thought it might be a good discussion to have. Okay, so he chucked this up and uh, here with Chin's got continue my normal training but eat more protein and sleep more. My New Year's resolution was to prioritise sleep and follow every workout with adequate protein. Prioritising sleep is a good idea. Yeah. Philip Vandaloo says mine is always ongoing, habit driven. Have a 56 ultra race in mid-April, Keltman in June, Otter Trail in October and lots of races in between. So he plans out his season and that sort of gets him going in January. Kylie the Hot Chick Cox has got having a few events within a month, so I am interested in combining them with the Everesting Challenge over a month. More adventure challenge type training for me in 2024 and outdoors. So the Everesting Challenge over a month is basically doing that 8,800 meters spread over a month. It's not crazy hard, but no. it just it's again it's just something that keeps you ticking over. You've got to be doing you know a little bit over 2,000 meters elevation each week, which means you've got to have one to two pretty hilly rides to, to make that happen so yep. it's just a nice little way to kick things off okay Jeff Roberts and this was uh, one of the reasons why I brought this one up because he was, was inspired by our last podcast I started daily doing a daily 5k run in for January so 155ks um, plus for the month along with the usual swim bike training courtesy of CJN and upcoming local races the Queenstown TV camp, I'm not sure what that one is, Jeff. The TV camp, that's a typo there because he's coming down to do a little epic mini camp in April. Anybody else keen to come down and do that? It's going to be awesome going up the three big ski passes down there. Um, so, yeah, Jeff's running minimum 5K every day for January. Good old uh, The Grinder, Christine McKinley, has got more strength work. It's the best thing for body-to-body composition plus running well. Now that I've moved up an age group. She didn't tell us about that move up the age group. We went for a swim on Friday yep. and then went to, for a coffee afterwards. As you do. And we were all sitting around there just having a bit of a chin wag. And she'd had a big night the night before. She had this coffee cup like the size of a flipping dinner plate. Just like me. Uh, and, and then she was just chatting away and we all left. And then it was her birthday. How old? Is it Never the big, ask a female that is it, one, is Bevan. It, is it the big, is, there, is it, because oh, she's younger than us, isn't she? You can check with that. Yes, of course she is, Bevan. But she's moved up in a... I think she... Yeah, okay, I'm not going to name her. <laughs> I'm not stupid enough to, to predict her age on the show. <laughs> uh, Lynn Whittle's also got functional training as good as well. Rebecca Spears is adding some yoga again to feel nice and stretchy. Rebecca, that's starting for me today. I'm starting back on a yoga routine. I haven't been able to since my operation. So I got, oh. did it for like six months and haven't done any since. Mm. But once my knee's back, I'll be able to get back to it. Uh, Lucy Francis, did you do her? No. Nope. Uh, decided to stick to the turbo for January and possibly February if weather still Arctic in the UK. Finally, Jonathan Tyndall, he got ahead of the game before even January started. Started mine about a month ago. Got back into proper routine after a bad bike crash 16 months ago. Signed up for Alpe duez Duathlon and Triathlon. See you guys there. 
will indeed jump. I'm not. I'm not going to do the duathlon because I'm not that hardcore. Um, but we'll we'll be riding past Alpe d'Huez when on that day, and we'll see you at the triathlon. Did you? Um, are you doing the triathlon? I'm doing the long course triathlon. Yep. How fast? To be determined. I'm, pretty, I'm picking you're going to win it. I'm picking I won't. <laughs> I'm picking I'm not even going to be very competitive in the age group <laughs> because I don't think I'll be that fit. And the Frenchies go up and down mountains very fast. It's only the one climb, but isn't no, it? No, shit, no. I have found what other climbs here? 3,000 metres of elevation. Oh, shit. So, no, it's massive. How long? Okay, what are the, I know it's not a complete... It's 118 k's, but it takes you roughly the same as an Ironman bike okay. ride. The run's so shorter, swim's swim shorter. Swim, I think, is 2k or 1.8 or something like that. Bike, yeah. 118, I think. And I think the run's 20 k's, but it's at altitude and a bit of cross country, so it'd be a slow 20 k's. So ballpark, I imagine for me, you know, swim, whatever, 30-ish, 35 minutes yep. or something, whatever it is. The bike, haven't looked at this in any detail, but I think in my head, I've got at least four and a half hours. Yep. Uh, and then the run, I don't know, an uh, hour 40, something like that, half, yeah, hour 45. What an experience, it'd be awesome stuff. Now, are there any more spots left on that camp? No. Okay, well, you screwed yourself if you waited for that one, people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this week's discussion is which pro athletes do you think will break into the, onto this podium consistently in 2024 who have not done so much in the past? Hmm. So it's either an old person who's come back and done something special or... So I'm thinking that, you know, those people that have been finishing between 5 and 15 and you just got this feeling that this is your year, they're going to crank it and on the podium consistently. The f- funny example of that was Freddie Van Leard. Remember mm-hmm. him? He was a kind of a good athlete and then he mm-hmm. won that back in the day. So what year did he win Kona? About 2012? I think it was the year. Is either the year I did it or the year before? It was th- 13, 12, 12, 13, something somewhere around that. Then. So Freddie Van Leard was like a really good athlete but not, not like a, you'd never think of him as a rock star. Mm-hmm. And then they in Abu Dhabi they brought out the Abu Dhabi triathlon and it was one of those first times they put a lot of money into the race and pretty much everyone turned up and he took it out and we're like whoa where'd that come from yeah. and then he went to Kona 1 Kona and then he didn't really do a lot afterwards did he well let's find out yeah, about that yeah, shall think, we yeah we definitely he's, didn't he's inactive in terms of that although he was commentating on the Ironman coverage earlier this year because he did win Ironman France a lot of times his last race was in 2020 um, <clears throat> so tw- 2019 he had a cup he won Ironman Lanzarote he won the Alpdues Triathlon in 2018 finished 32nd at Kona uh, so he won Ironman Nice he went one Ironman Nice basically every single year won Ironman Cozumel so sometimes our memories are a little bit hazy I think won Ironman South Africa which what about, was what about, regional what about championships champs? Uh, after he won Hawaii in 2013 and that year he had a clean street of wins he won Abu Dhabi Nice and Hawaii the following year, he got second at Frankfurt, still a big race, uh, and then he got eighth in Hawaii. Following year, 25th in Hawaii. The following year, 10th in Hawaii. So he never did it again in Hawaii, um, but he did still win a lot of races. Mm-hmm. So just didn't put it back together in Hawaii. But he's a good example of what we're talking about beforehand. He was a good athlete, and then he became a bit of a rock star for a moment, didn't he? Hmm. I guess it's this week's discussion to go. Which athletes do you think will break through onto the podium consistently in 2024? Okay, let's go into this John's oh, quiz question. Right. I don't know why. I, can't. I had a different one here, but then I couldn't find the answer for it. My question, original question was going to be, what was the Kona bike count 
in 2010 versus say 20, 2000 just to try to see in terms of what the popular bikes were but I couldn't find the answer so I had to ditch that one. As in like what brands? Yeah, so I think Cervelo was very dominant sort of around about then yeah. but I was wondering how that would compare to 2000. Cervelo was pretty dominant when I was in the game. It's still still big, yeah. it's still big but um, yeah, but anyway... That didn't uh, didn't happen. Uh, so if anybody does know those stats, uh, feel free to flick them through to me. Uh, so this week's quiz question: How many iron distance races did Chrissy Wellington do? And if you're a new listener, some people will be going, "Who's Chrissy Wellington?" Really? Uh, if if you'd just started a triathlon in the last two or three years. You probably might not, and you weren't really delving into the sport. If you're totally new, if you're first year maybe, but two or three you think they know, wouldn't they? Well, do people go back in the history books? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So for, you, for a lot of you oldies who have been around for a while, oh God, you're going to know who she is. You might not know how many iron distance races she did, but if you're new to the sport, we'll enlighten you later on on who Chrissy Wellington was. Well, sure. If you know, if you know who she was, she's a bloody legend. That's who she was. Okay, let's go on to a pro <laughs> of the week. Jeez, we're in harmony there. It was perfection. Okay, we've got, we've got a little, let's look at the pros. So you chose 30 ranked athletes, number 30 ranked athletes from the PTO list. Uh, you've not heard of them before, but tell me about it. I have not. And one of the reasons these names came up is what PTO have been doing, and they do a great job of this, is just trying to get athletes out there a little bit more on social media. And so they've, they've been doing a countdown of like number 50 all the way down to number oh, one cool. and just doing a, you know, just a Facebook blast or a whatever, Instagram blast. And What's so interesting here, so Antonio Bentio? Ben, ben, ben Lopez? Antonio Benito, Benito Lopez. So interestingly, he's the number one ranked Spanish, Spanish athlete long course. in the PTO, which is really fascinating because we look at the short course the Spaniards are bloody rock stars. They've got a lot of, and yeah. And it's amazing it doesn't really transition to long course. They've, yeah, they've had a few steady eddies, uh, but they did have uh, Nico... Lanos? Lanos for, for quite a who while. Who was the other guy? Um, who, who was a short course guy? Oh, came Gomez that came across. No, um, it may not have been. He was of Spanish descent, I think. Um, yeah. Ivan... Ivan Rana? Yeah. yeah no, he was... Rana was Spanish, wasn't he? Or was he Portuguese? Yeah. No, he was Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty decent, but he never really conquered it. No, he didn't, uh, compared to what he did at Short Horse. So no, Spain and, and so up why and, is that, I wonder? Well, up until recent, relatively recently, France also underperformed in long course relative to what they did at Short Course. So this week's Male Pro Age Grouper of the Week, not Male Pro Age, Male Pro, pro of, of the week. week is Antonio Benito Lopez. He's ranked number one for Spain, as Bevan said. His PTO ranking is number 30. He's ranked 36th in the swim, 71 on the bike, and 19 on the run. Uh, he's 29 years of age, 170 tall, 66 kgs. Had a pretty good last year. So last year he got a second, and he got two wins in 70.3. So he had a couple, a couple of seconds. He got second at the Long Course World Championships. Oh. A uh, couple of uh, third in Ironman Portugal. So he had a pretty decent year, didn't he? He won the race we just talked about earlier in the show, the 70.3 Pucon or Pusson, oh. um, which was on so one, year. one year ago. And who'd he beat in that race? Nobody. Martin Ulola and Mark Dubrick. But yeah, no, very impressive year. Um, multiple podiums, as Bevan said. Only had two races wasn't on the podium with two fourth places. So everything was a top five. But he has only been in the game for two years um, in terms of long course. So started in 2022, had a couple of wins and a couple of podiums. He's, he is on the 
podium basically every single race he's done except for three fourth places. However, he has been around the game for a while. Um, he has been doing ITU for, for quite a long period. He started doing ITU racing in 2011 as a junior, um, doing the duathlon European Championships and the duathlon World Championships. And from there on, he's dabbled in doing short course with limited success. Um, he was the best in Spain, but like going to the World Junior Champs, he finished 16th in 2013. Um, then he's done a whole bunch of duathlons, lower level sort of uh, ITU stuff, ETU, which is European Triathlon Union. Plenty of top 10s and podiums, um, but when it comes to the big Kona, you know, World Cups and World Championship Series, nothing really of note. But then all of a sudden, 2022 decides to go off to the European Middle Distance Triathlon Championships in Bilbao um, and wins it. And from there on in, he's been uh, going really good. Got second at the World Long Distance Championships in Ibiza this year or last year. However, that was with a you know, bit of an asterisk when it was being held the same time as a PTO race. But hey, still finished second. You'll take it. Finished second behind Clement Mignon in front of Matt Troutman and a bunch of other good athletes. So definitely he would be one of those ones where you go, he could be someone who could kick on and yep, do pretty based well. On, based on your question you asked earlier. Because he hasn't done many Ironmans. He did Ironman Portugal this year and finished in third place. But most of his other racing has been sort of the sort of the, the middle distance racing. And when he went and did that one, he finished third behind Peter Hemrick and Dylan Magnon. And he beat Patrick Langer. I remember that was the one where Patrick Langer, I think, got lost in transition a little bit. But still, went 754, uh, which is pretty solid, around 237. So he could be one of those names to watch out for this year. If you can speak Spanish, he looks like he's got a really active and um, well-followed YouTube channel. Um, so I don't speak Spanish, so it didn't really mean much to me. No, I can interpret for you. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> See, Bevan's, it's my new business, Bevan's Spanish Interpretation. Yeah. Okay, let's look at our female be, be, athlete. Bevelingo. Bevelingo, there <laughs> we go. You only learn one word. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And then on the female side, um, I did a Google Translate for Carolyn Pohl. She's from Germany. So when you do the old Google Translate, it sometimes comes out pretty funny. Yep. Um, even before I could really run, my dad took me to the Litzbig Nord Nordenlanger to cheer up his training group. This aroused my enthusiasm for any movement. In order to do justice to my enjoyment of sport, I already started three sports at that time. In addition to athletics training, I was allowed to put my almost tireless energy into swimming and ballet. With the enrolment in the sports high school, I decided to fully surrender to swimming. <laughs> From fifth to the eleventh class, I became titles uh, became part of everyday life. In addition to many podium placements at German championships and international meetings, I also started at the World Cup in Berlin. I'm pretty sure that was in swimming, not triathlon. Um, through regular contact with, me, with the many triathletes from a swimming pool, my interest in the sport was aroused. After my first attempt, the triathlon fever grabbed me and I decided to change. After already half a year of training, I started in Dusseldorf at the German Championships and there I was in the elite field, placed 14th. That's how my triathlon career took its course. So again, she's currently ranked 30th. Um, she's only the 5th ranked German, which goes to show that we often talk about the German boys, but the German females are pretty bloody strong yep. as well. When you're yeah. ranked 30th and you're only 5th out of your yeah, true. rankings, uh, she's obviously a weapon swimmer. She's ranked 16th in the swim rankings, 63rd on the bike, 
and 106th on the run. So the run is obviously her area of challenge. Her points rankings scores from this year have come from the Challenge Championship in Samorin, um, from Challenge Vaubacol uh, and Challenge Barcelona. Um, but yeah, some really good racing. Finished third at 70.3 Bahrain fairly recently back in December. Um, she won this Challenge Vaubacol, um, which I don't even know what country that is, and I'm assuming it was in France, it was, uh, beating Imogene Simons. And if you're beating Imogene Simons, you're doing pretty bloody yeah, well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> only finished 34th at the World 70.3 Champs, so I assume something went wrong there. Um, finished second, as I said, at Challenge Championship. All in all, very good year, and only her second year doing this long course racing as well. Um, that was coming off the back of doing a bunch of short course racing, and a bit like the other fella we talked about, um, you know, had some success, but nothing too major. She only started in 2015 as an under 23, so she's been at the game eight years, and um, just recently transferred across the long course, uh, and doing pretty well. Well, interestingly, John, I've been on her Instagram while you've been talking, and uh, she's got the traditional triathlete kind of Instagram page, mm. and then she's got a random thing about her teeth. <laughs> oh, she's got this post, oh, she must be getting some teeth work done, they've got a 3D image of her, they may not be her teeth, I, I don't know, because she hasn't got much detail, she's got work in progress, but... You guys, if you want to learn about her teeth, go to Instagram as go. well. <laughs> so this week's pros of the week are Antonio Benito Lopez from Spain, ranked number 30th in the world, and Caroline Poole from Germany, equally ranked 30th in the world, and they will have got their, oh, will, whether they've got it yet or not, will have had their little bonus paycheck from PTO from last year. Okay, go let's go to Coaches Corner. Corner. And these are random. random. <laughs> so John's come with three random picks. Now, one of them is, is a little bit interesting because he did a big... He talked about losing weight a few months ago. Mm -hmm. How's it gone? Reasonably well when I was on it, yeah. And, uh, what do you got, mean when you're me. on it? Well, I'm not on it now. It was, it was uh, No Eating November, wasn't it? I think it was No Eating November. Um, and then December was... He lot to yeah. <laughs> ruined it. Was, was cranked so up. where are you at with your weight now? That's good. No, okay. I'm reasonably okay. reasonably happy. I just need to, to kick a bit off and then sort of maintain, maintain and not go too maintain crazy. through the crazy season. Yeah. So this, I'm not. We're not going to discuss season great detail. There's just six quick points. If you've come out of Christmas and New Year uh, and you're going crap it, I've uh, porked up a little bit and I want to just get on some a little bit of discipline. Six quick tips to see if it can help you on your way. Okay, number one, you do one, I'll do two. Have a plan and shop to a plan with a list each week. Plan out your meals, shop to it, don't buy anything else. Number two, limit liquid calories. Ditch the energy drinks, ditch the alcohol. No drinking in January. No, I'm not saying no, I'm saying limit. I think a lot of people... Well, you just, said ditch the why? Why well, ditch, drinks are not alcohol? Well, no, I'm thinking more like the V's and things yeah, like yeah, that. Course, yeah. Alcohol, you go. No, I'm not saying ditch the alcohol. Won't <laughs> it's go okay. there. Won't go there. Uh, it's funny, really, because you listen to people who are trying to give uh, um, nutrition advice, and and let's be honest, a lot of calories in alcohol. Yeah. And but they always have to give a compromise there because mm. people just don't want to give up drinking. No. You know, so it's a funny one. Number three, stop, stop snacking, one hundred percent. Unless it's planned. So I'm not saying stop snacking. I'm saying stop snack? unplanned snacking. No, not really. I, well, no, I, I try really hard not to. I don't. Um, I never snack. I never just go and snack. Mm. Like I'll, I'll, I'll have three main meals and an afternoon snack. But mm -hmm. it's kind of what yeah. I do. Not it's, if it's planned, it's all good. You've just got to try to cut out that 
random going to, snacking. Going to the cupboard, kind of, mm. or when you're at the petrol station, kind of thing. Uh, drink a glass of water before each meal. Just helps fill you up a little bit. What if you did a protein shake? That would be better. Then you, that's going into your uh, limit your liquid calories. But if you have a protein shake, yeah, but uh, it I might w- fill you up a little bit more for your meal, so you're going to lessen your meal. I kind of think that it's if you part of the do meal. that, you're probably going to be overeating if you do that. I think there's. Yeah, I'm not saying don't have a protein shake. I'm saying that's almost your meal replacement uh, rather than having a, a okay. meal. Yeah, a lot of yeah protein shakes. Be, 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 be weary. I have two a day. How many do you If it's planned, fine. It's my plan. Well, yeah. um, do you have protein shakes? No. Why not? Go out occasionally. Have them when, when after a big training session. But do, you no. know, do you know your protein percentage? Uh, not currently, no. I'm not too hung up on that at the moment. No. If I was going hardcore training, it would be a slightly different story. New Zealand protein, that's the place to go. Very cheap. Okay. Online. Great product too. Uh, number five, eat more vegetables and less starchy, starchy carbs. Just leave it at that. Fair enough. Lots of vegetables. I eat, I eat carbs. I'm, I'm, I'm a rebel. I'm not saying not eat carbs. I'm saying eat more vegetables and less, less starchy carbs. Uh, last one. Eat a little earlier if possible and cut out desserts or anything post-dinner. So you're saying I shouldn't eat my dark chocolate? I'm saying you're not having dark chocolate. Oh, John Newsom. <laughs> if it's planned, okay. It's, okay, it's in my plan. Yeah, and it's and I know it's the same pieces every night. Never go mm-hmm. OTT. Mm-hmm. I reckon one thing, that I, one thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is that... that you basically have 10 meals a week. You know, like you have your breakfasts, which are probably about the same every day. Yep. Does your breakfast change? Not significantly, but it probably should, but it doesn't really change okay. much. Lunch is pretty mm. similar. Snacks are pretty, pretty similar. Yep. And, then, and then your main meals change at night. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, there's kind it's of... not much work. Yeah, no, it's like 10 meals a week, really. Mm. You know, your night ones will change a bit. Your breakfasts tend to be the same. You might have one or two varieties of breakfast. Mm. So just spend a bit of time nailing each one. Yeah. You know, spend a bit of time. Okay, if I'm going to refine my breakfast, what do I do? Okay, well, if I want to lose some weight, I'll reduce the calories a little bit. I'll, mm. I'll make some different choices in what I'm putting in my, in my mouth. And then I'll work on that for the next month. Then, you know, like that's a good way of doing it. Those six points we have, everybody knows those. Oh, application's so always the problem. It's just <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the what to do is never the problem. It's how you do it. Yeah. So this is just your little reminder. Okay, so I'll give you quick that. tips on a different version. Yeah. Don't eat when you're emotional. So, well, yeah, so have other yeah. ways to deal with emotion. Well, for yeah. a lot of people, they put on weight because when they're mm-hmm, emotional, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, don't eat when you're tired. I get rid of the word "don't." We're gonna, we're gonna. Spin okay, that okay, around. okay, okay, okay. So, when you're feeling emotional, find a healthy way Perfect. to deal with it that avoids eating. Yeah. Um, when you're tired, find better ways to deal with the fatigue before you think about eating. Mm. Oh, I did badly on that on Sunday. Okay, tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> so Thomas and I did this big bike ride to Akara. He was on the the gravel bike, and I was on the Road, oh, I was on the mountain bike. So oh, that's slow. a long time on the bike. It was a long time. How long on the did bike. it take you? Um, four and a half hours. Why didn't you just go on the road bikes? Oh, we wanted to go off, off road. Oh, and okay, stuff. okay, okay, okay. But it, and you get to the summit road going to Akaroa, yep. and it just keeps going up uh, and up and, and up. it never ends. And I'd only had one bar on the whole ride, and I was, which was my own mistake. I was trying to do it as a bit of a fat burner. And got to Akara and it was like two pies later. Yep. <laughs> one and a half liters of LMP. Yeah, it's like that was not really a fat burner no, any longer. No. Um, so sorry, carry on. But I, I wouldn't know if I was emotional. I probably was a bit at the end. I was like, well, we, we, we look at we look like a lot of overweight people. One of the biggest problems is that when they're emotional, they eat to deal with emotion. Mm. And so, like, if we can kind of say, okay, well, what are the real causes? Like, interestingly, years ago on Facebook, I, I put a post up which said, if you're overweight, why are you overweight? 
Mm. And it was really interesting. And it was it was really quite cool because people were quite honest and it was quite mm-hmm. raw. Um, and it was they knew about the food. Mm. You know, they knew they were eating too much. And it was things like you know, I just when I'm feeling shit about myself, I eat too much. Um, when I'm being absent-minded, mm. you know, so when I'm just not thinking, you know, mm. so and, and so when you're thinking about weight loss, it's it's kind of like, well, if the cause is the reason I'm overweight is because when I'm tired, I just am absent-minded and I eat shit. Mm. Well, you've got to have better strategies for when you're tired, mm. or when you're an, if you are an emotional eater. That one, another one is when I'm in the social occasions. How do I set up conditions that mean I don't overeat? Because social occasions are set up to fail. Mm. Like when we have friends over here, the amount we cater is oh, stupid. Yeah. yeah, and then everyone else brings bloody catering, and so yeah. it's a, and you just sit there eating all night long. Yeah, and and it's it's a pretty hard thing to do. Like I always thought, and, and I won't do it, but I've almost thought you should almost have like a social plate, social occasion where people come and they get like a, a container of food. <laughs> Here's it. your food for the yeah. night. And people would think it will judge you, so you couldn't do it, but it would actually be way healthier. Yeah. You know, um, what's another area where, so social, fatigue, emotional, whatever areas. Well, as I said, when you come back from a big training session, and, and I'm guilty of that some of the time, as I was at the weekend, and just, completely ruining the purpose of the training session just because yep. I could have easily avoided it but I was just like oh, bugger this and then last one is when you add a routine because hmm. when like people who are on the road for travel hmm. um, you're going away on a holiday and there's two aspects to that A you're out of routine so you're just eating different food so you tend to overeat B giving yourself permission because you're out of routine hmm. you know over the holiday period oh I'm on holiday hmm. you know I can have a bit more now I'm camping now so I can go a bit OTT hmm. so so there, there's another way of looking at it. We don't want to sound too preachy because we're both self-employed. It's a bit different for us. but um, No, but your health's yeah. important mm. and eating's a massive part of it. Mm. You know, and if you are someone who's overweight and you want to lose some weight, these are good good ways to think about it. Okay, what's your, what's your different random thing? And if the next random thing is, is really is quite random because um, I was having an email conversation. Oh, I think one's way more random. Oh, the third one. Well, that's <laughs> it's the, the most point. random. Yeah. So the next one is, uh, it's sort of titled, it's okay to participate and not compete, especially as you age. And this is something I would have struggled, the younger me would have really struggled. You, it's I, weak. Yeah. It's weak. It's not necessarily weak. It's like, no, no, that's what if, you would have thought. It's like if you're not finishing and you're absolutely buggered, what's the point? That would have been the old attitude mm. I would have had. And as I've matured and grown into being so an old mature. grumpy fart, <laughs> um, things have changed a bit. But I was having a conversation with someone who used to be very much at the front of the field yep. and Can is now, ve- um, no, I'm not going to, okay. and they're now at the back of the field, but completely content. Because I sent a person an email saying, You didn't win your age group at this particular race. And he goes, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually cool with that. Uh, he was just said, I was running along, person who took out the age group passed me and I was just happy going along at my pace and just mm. comfortably getting to the finish line and still enjoying being part of the sport, which is fantastic. And so as you embark on 2024, have a good hard think about what you want out of what your sort of triathlon career, racing, training, um, etc. And respect what other how, where other people are at and I think that goes both ways. Yep. It's like, if you're a speedster, respect that other people are out there for different reasons, which is absolutely fine. Um, but at the same token, if you're a slower athlete, respect that some people take this pretty seriously. Sometimes they take it a little too seriously. And, yep. um, <clears throat> but respect that some people, you know, it's a massive part of their life. Uh, and if they're taking it seriously, you don't want to need to poke fun at them. Um, no. It's like they're taking it seriously. Uh, so that was probably the main point around that. Um, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, 
it's a perfect time to draw up your plan for the year um, and what will a successful race look like for you because I think a lot of people go into a year do the same thing before we've discussed this before you know if you're in New Zealand you maybe you go to Ironman New Zealand in March and you've just got your traditional things you do each year which is absolutely fine but what do you actually want out of your year? And so if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, do that now. Map out your year. Hopefully that'll give you a little bit of a motivational kick in the ass in terms of what you're going to be doing and be really clear on what you actually want to get out of those races. And if it is, I just want to finish it. I just love going to my man or I love going to this particular race. I enjoy the camaraderie. That's all fine. But if you do want to get a bit more out of it, now's a good time to sort of focus on that. Yeah, and sometimes it's also thinking of a different why. So mm. like... You know, maybe you just want to have a race where you go have an adventure with your friends. Hmm. Or maybe it's just a race because it was awesome in nature. And I do think as we age, especially if you've been in, like, like if you've been a hardcore athlete for a long time, your body just can't necessarily do the same types of things. Hmm. Um, and so yeah, within a year, you might go, okay, that's where I'm going to try to be an athlete. That's where I'm going to try to have some fun, you hmm. know. And because and, you don't want it to always, if it's always on performance and you can't be the performer, yeah. it becomes an unrewarding experience and mm-hmm. quite disappointing, doesn't it? Hmm. So, and I'm, I'm dabbling with this. I'm not quite sure what approach I'm taking this Alpe d'Huez triathlon yet. Yeah. Because um, I don't think I'm going to be at the top of my game, which I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But Why not? Because you've got plenty of time. What, what's well, the six months isn't that much time. Um, and I know that in the, it's a camp situation. It's a big camp. Yep. And I'm going to be stretched in other directions. And that's going to take a bit away. And I'm not, try, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just like, I wonder what it's going to be like to go and do a decent sized race and actually just do it at 80% and just see what it's like because I've never done that before. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah. yeah. So, well, well, you'll be able to report back on the show. Well, I may still rest. I'm not, I'm not counting it out. Because for me, I'd still want the challenge. Mm. You know, like I might not be peak, mm. but I still want to go, I will have a good, I still want to go into that place in myself. Like I've been doing weights because of my knee operation. I've been doing weights recently and I've just been really challenging myself to go to uncomfortable and, and stay in it while I'm mm. doing the weights, which is something I'm not that good at in the weights room. Cardio-wise, I'm great at it. Um, and I've been doing really well with it and um, strength-wise, I'm not as strong as I've been in previous times, but I'm just, you know, if I just went and just did 80% workouts, mm. it wouldn't really fulfill me. Mm. So it's still, you know, for me, at least at this stage in my life, unless I was doing it with other people and we're having a shared experience mm. and we're like, hey, we're doing this adventure and I might be the fitter, one of the fitter people, I'm quite happy mm. in that situation, but I think I'd still want to have a performance where I go, you know what? I did well. Mm, yeah, so I'm dabbling with that at the moment. Yeah. Random, okay, random, random point number this three. This is random, and why does this come up? <laughs> There's a lot of jellyfish around New Zealand at the moment, everywhere. We were out on holiday in Kaiteri Terry, turn up there, and like first day, can't go bloody swimming, there's jellyfish. Oh, really? What is that the hell? Um, you could get in the water, but um, we couldn't swim in terms of yep. going for a decent swim. And it took a few days for them to sort of clear away. And then they did go completely away. And then they came back on like the second to last day a bit and then sort of... Did you get stung? Again. Didn't get stung. Um, but it was just, there was articles in the paper and stuff because they're everywhere in New Zealand at the moment. It's, it's really bad. Um, but the old Have white, you been stung? Not really. No, nothing significant. I got no. a blue bottle on Tonga once. Yeah, this was there was hundreds of blue bottles up here. Yeah, and when I was in, um, and it was pretty sore. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a good feeling. And then when Joe and I after where where did you get it? On my arm. Right. Yeah. So, did somebody piss on your arm or not? Uh, no. Because that's the old wives' tale. Yeah, yeah. What do you do with a blue bottle? Yeah, you piss on and them. you piss on them. Is that true? Well, this is what this is this. Oh, okay. Wait, okay, wait, wait, okay. It's okay, a like, okay. The common old wives' tale of using urine to treat uh, a sting is a popular misconception, and there is no way of telling its pH and chemical makeup. It could actually make the pain worse. It's so just someone who wanted to piss on someone. Don't flop out your willy and piss on someone in public. <laughs> it's not going to work. 
Treating a sting requires the same method despite the type of jellyfish involved. If stung, flush out the sting area with seawater to remove the tentacles, then use a dry towel to remove any remaining tentacles. Immerse the sting in comfortably hot water for 15 to 20 minutes and use pain antihistamines if required. So, and the other thing I saw on the news the other night was, yeah, you don't want to be touching it. That's why they're saying using a towel to try to wipe out any tentacles. So when I did it, it happened, what happened was got, it was stuck on my arm. So I swung it off and it got on my hand and it was like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a nice feeling. And then one time I was in Hawaii, we were in Maui, Joe and I, and I just must have got like the leg of it or like a mm-hmm. little strandy bit that came across mm. and it was fine, but it was definitely, it's not a nice feeling. Yeah, so... That was so, so it's not. A, so next time you get it, I can't piss on you. No pissing. Okay. <laughs> I promise I won't piss yeah. on you. What about if they're on behind the bike and they're drafting you? You're yeah, allowed to piss, piss on them. Then. Piss yeah. Away. <laughs> flop <laughs> it out. Piss away. Oh, flop it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> flop it out, team. And if you haven't got one to flop out, just just <laughs> shoot it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There, there we go. So this is John's random uh, weight loss. Uh, don't compete and jellyfish. Yeah, we'll all be going around just cruising around the course at 80%. Hey, Bevan, how you doing? How you Have you a bit of a chin wag. Here we go. If you're doing an 80% race, last, mm. last three or four K, someone passes you. Mm. I'm not going there. <laughs> I had this experience. Well, I didn't have this experience at the weekend, but I did a park run, uh, 5K, and I was coming into the closing bit. And I was running, there was two other guys, two other people, me and another guy caught up to two others. And one of them was like this kid who was probably, he was definitely, he was in the 10 to 14 year old age group. He was probably 13. He looked older than 10. And one guy pulled away a little bit. And I I, I haven't done a hard run for a long time. And I wasn't quite mentally as strong as I'd like to. Didn't quite go with him. But I was running along with this 13 year old kid. And I was like... I'm not going to push to take you. <laughs> In the last couple of hundred meters, I just let, let that one go. Seriously. And the same thing would apply if I was going like 80%. I'm not going to sprint somebody. Speaking of someone who looks older than they are, did you watch the <laughs> World, World Darts, Darts Championship? Oh, the 16-year-old. Yeah, li- he looked li- like he was 34. Yeah. He yeah. looked really old, didn't he? Yeah, he needed... To, no. <laughs> he needed <laughs> not going to gonna fat shame someone. <laughs> he was definitely, for 16, he, yeah. yeah. Not he'd, shame. he'd be a good prop. Okay, then let's go into Winger of the, the week. week. Some people must be in some big volume right now, John Newsom. Well, I've picked out this one already. Okay. Because, and the reason I picked him out was the bike ride that I did on Sunday was 73 kilometers. Yeah. So I picked out number 73 on our current rankings. Um, well, at least he was when I was preparing the show. Oh, Mark Styles, good name. Yeah, he's pretty stylish, old Mark Styles. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting... There's a couple of interesting things when I was doing this because always, we always do the little comparison and typically I do it on the, the bike. I must have done a really bad recording of my running somewhere because it's currently telling me I can do a marathon in 40 minutes. Uh, well, no, you're amazing. Yes. That's what, you know. Do you see there was a world 5K record over the break? Um, no, what was it? A female got? record. I think it was 14, let's say it was like 14.34 or 14.23 or something for a female world record. Crazy, crazy fast. But anyway, back to Mark. Okay, 14, 13. 14, 13 is even quicker than I. 23-year-old woman. Yeah. Uh, she beat the previous record by 15 seconds. Jeez. That's mental. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's almost as mental as Mark Stiles, our wanger of the week. His longest bike ride is a mighty impressive 486.2 kilometers. It takes you out, doesn't it? By a big way. Mine is zero. Is it? Because I mean, I struggle with my bike. But, uh, yeah. And so he did this as a summer solstice in 2021. 
Moving time, 15 hours and 27 minutes. Elevation gain, 2,700 metres. Um, 486. Jeez, if I'd done 486, I'd be rounding that up to 500. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Although I, Come on, mate, sharpen up. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's, that's what's an average speed. Jeez. Average speed, 31.4 kilometres an hour. Like you're a weapon. He's a pretty good athlete because his marathon times are 243, I think it was. So he's a pretty decent athlete. Average uh, power is 273. Holy smokes. So it's a weapon. So was it? what was the deal? Were you just trying to go for, what's the summer solstice? You're running well, through it's the, the longest, night. longest day of the year. So you're just riding. So you basically bike from near Coventry out to the coast. This is in the UK. And back again by the look of it. Past Peterborough. Out to Falkenham. Very impressive. Oh, bloody impressive, especially at that speed. Yeah. So, Mark Stiles. You are out. And he's got some great photos of great locations where he's trained and stuff, and the family. Yeah. He's got the little family at the finish line. Yep. Been off to, yeah, Mark Stiles from Nuneaton in England. You are our winger of the week. week. Okay, John, let me pull you back to my notes here. We've got no swim set. Did you swim? We did swim this morning. Bit of controversy in the pool this morning. Oh, what happened? Come in. Somebody's in our lane. Oh, no. Pretty slow lady. To her credit. Do you give it a tap? Th- no, with three of us dived in, boom, she was straight out of there. Oh, really? <laughs> she saw us coming. So we, we swimming. It was a five-lane pool. We swim in the faster lane. How many and people uh, were swimming at that time? What time do you get in? Uh, we get in at 5.30. Pool opens if the doors open at 5.30. Go to the toilet. Some people just go straight in. Boom, they're yep. in. Yep. So we have to sort of muscle some people out. So it's five-lane pool. I don't know, there's probably six six people in each lane sort of thing. Oh, okay, so it's busy. Yeah, busy. Yeah, um, it, it varies a lot. But this time of the year, everyone's into their New Year's yeah, resolution. That, although the gym was, I went to the gym this morning, it was very quiet. Yeah. I think next week will be the week where it all kicks yeah. up. And we had a couple of CrossFitters that bloody got in our lane. We hardly ever get people getting in our lane. A couple of CrossFitters. How do you know they're CrossFitters? They just looked like CrossFitters. <laughs> yeah. And then they were doing 20 press-ups between each 50. It kind of gave it away. No, they weren't doing that. But uh, um, Nigel said they look like CrossFitters. I think, yeah, they're definitely CrossFitters. And they were just doing like 50s. Well, CrossFit, CrossFit games are stupid because in CrossFit they have swimming. Yeah, that's obviously why they're there. And they're running. Mm. I don't get it with CrossFit because with CrossFit, don't get me wrong, I respect CrossFit athletes. It's a bit of a risky sport, but it's that, that, that beast, that mm. tough. But they, they, they kind of, in a way, they put these other events in to make it like they're the fittest athletes in the world. Mm. But you watch when they swim and they run. Mm. It's atrocious, you know? Like, their running is, like, they do it like, I don't know, they might do like a 1K race or something like that. Yeah. They're just big and... Yeah, and it's not fast. Lats, it's not impressive. Big, yeah. You know? Like, but when you watch them and they're doing their, 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 their inside, their weight stuff, mm. Oh, mm. animals. But again, to be fair, these guys completely stayed out of our way and it wasn't a problem. Uh, so today's swim set, we did 600 warm-up, doing 200 free, 100 IM, three 100s bands only. And then the main set was three by 200 steady. We were doing them on 320. Uh, two times 100 hard on 140 and then 100 easy IM. And then we repeated that set again and then did a 400 ascending warm down set starting hard for the first 100 second 100 a little bit easier third 100 a little bit easier fourth 100 a little bit easier again and I think it was 3.1 case nice there you go did you, did you swim much when you're away oh we haven't done the quiz question either oh okay let's go okay let's go okay, let's go quiz question. quiz question quiz question how many did she race how many Ironmans so she did she won four Um uh, 
Three. No, I think she won four. Okay, we'll go with that. I'm going to say four Konas. I could be wrong. Um, I think three or four. And then she won, was it Australia her first race? Nope. I mean, Korea was her first That's race. Right. She, she didn't lose an Ironman, did she? No, she did not. So let's let's say let's call it four. I mean, I reckon it was maybe three. Um, we'll call it four. So five Korea, five Korea, and then probably another four on top of that. Well, she definitely won wrote a couple of times. Yeah, I'm saying, and she did. I know she did Ironman Australia. Yeah. once maybe she did it again. I don't know. We're up to about eight. Better round it up to nine. Yeah, I reckon nine. nine. Yeah, I reckon nine as well. Actually, she's currently ranked. She's got zero ranking. And if you you don't know who Christy Wallen is, sharpen up. One, do some two, research. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, uh, eleven, uh, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen plus the world long distance champs for champs for only Is it on the PTO there. site? Yes, it is. There's no seventy point three results here. She did do a few seventy point threes, but not many. What did I say? She wasn't as successful in seventy point threes. You know, like she yeah, wasn't she didn't she wasn't a lay down, she's definitely yeah. winning it. Uh, so sorry, one of those wins was a world long distance champ, so that's not nine men. One, two, look at her. Look three, at that. Four, she got five, fifth. She got six, fifth in the long seven, course eight. in 2007. But if you look at her PTO page, you now admittedly they're all long course races. Thirteen. It's all wins, other than one fifth. That's mental. So how many home Kona's did she get? One, one two, two, three, three four. Yeah. So she won. Kona was for those who have, don't know Chrissy Wellington. She basically did Ironman career in August, and she won that. And then she turned up across, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Didn't have a, any sponsors whatsoever. Just had That's this. That's right, yeah, T-O-T-Y-T, wasn't it? Was T-Y-T, it T-Y-R. Are they still around? I don't know. But yeah, she like had that, that outfit on with no sponsors on it. Yeah, and just annihilated everybody. I think it was an annihilation, wasn't it? Yeah. She, it wasn't even close. Uh, she won by six minutes in front of Sam McGlone and uh, Kate Major. Imagine that. Imagine for all the other athletes, you know, like you turn up to the race, she's some girl who's won, because Korea wasn't a big race. No. You know, it wasn't like career was a stellar field. And then you're thinking, who's this girl? She ran 259.58 on debut at Kona. And then back in those days, a sub three for a female was huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely huge. Um, and her last Kona, which was phenomenal, because remember she did her arm, bike she crash. fell off a bike, and yeah. she, she could hardly move her arm. Yeah. And so she swam, like the year before, she swam a 54. So she ended up swimming a 101. And then biked a, a four fifty six, and then didn't she run down Rennie? Yes, yeah, which, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, was it either run down or Rennie didn't close the gap? It was yeah, they basically ran the same time, so she didn't run her down. She um, didn't Rennie really must have been. They both ran two fifty two. It was the bike that killed Rennie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rennie was actually slightly faster. Yeah, so she must have ran down in the cave. Yeah, yeah, but she was behind all day basically. And she was just kind of, and then just got them at the end and. Uh, it was, yeah, Chrissy was tough. Yeah, so it's mental. So we got it, both got it wrong. It was uh, 11 iron distance races, and assuming everything's on the PTO. Uh, a plus on top of that, uh, a world long distance champ and a fifth at the her first ever race, which was the, she did do a little bit of age group racing, I think, when she was younger, maybe. Um, she did coast to coast. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. before she did Ironman. Hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and then became the legend that was. Yeah. What is she doing now? Uh, she's mum. Um, I'm not sure what else she's doing. I'm sure she does public speaking and stuff. Mm. Yeah, because she, she became a household name in the UK. Mm. Okay, uh, let's go into our patrons. We've got a couple of new patrons, John. Uh, Rawiti Wiki. And 
Uh, he's from New Zealand, uh, and I don't know much more, more about Rawiti, but and I'll probably pronounce that wrong, sorry. It probably should be Rafiti, I think, maybe. I, I don't know, actually. I know there was me slagging off our government for, uh, for not even Well, you've learned the language. I've <laughs> learned the language. I've done a course for a year. Anyway, Wiki, uh, W-I-K-I. Not Ruben? No, I'm actually, there's a program on TV at the moment on uh, TVNZ, it's quite good, called The Cleaner. It's got the really big tall guy who does like the Taskmaster UK. Oh, yeah, um, Greg, Greg, Greg something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's called The Cleaner. And his, uh, his name's Wiki. Well, his surname is something like rather, but everybody yep. just calls him Wiki. Yep. So I don't really want to call... Um, what about the Raider? The what? Oh, well, Ruben Raider. Wiki okay. played through the yep. Raiders. Yep, yep, there you go. You know? Good. And the Raider, Ruben Wiki. So for those overseas, so rugby league, is, it was my favourite sport. Um, Ruben Wiki was this guy who was just, just a... Animal of a player, mm. just tough. He was a pr- prop, wasn't he? Well, he started, and he started out as a centre. Right. And for the Raiders, when they, when they had the, the Raiders team, which was just legendary, he had like Melman mm. Inger and all those guys. And uh, I think he won a couple of comps with them. He ended up finishing with the Warriors. And then I think he ended up playing uh, either a lock or prop at the end of his career. Mm. But just talk about tough. Mm. Ruben Wiggett was, oh, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's a good nickname. So the Raider. There you go. Nice work, and thanks for coming on board. Yep. And then the next one is Roland Shooter or Tutor. The Sharp. The Sharp. The Sharp Tutor. Right. <laughs> I've done here. Right. <laughs> so come on, that's pretty good. It's gold. <laughs> Roland the Sharp Tutor. Sharp Shooter. Shooter. Shoot, yeah, yeah, that, that, that works. Let's just have a quick squiz and see if I can find where Roland's from. Um, no, I think those are two great nicknames. I came up with both of them, obviously. So that's why I'll think that. But um, Roland Chuta, where, yeah, I wonder what that is. Where's the origin of that? Do you know? Is he on? How are you trying to find him? I'm just trying to see uh, search all mailboxes. Uh-huh. Oh, Roland's been around a long time because I'm just pulling up my email. It's not pulling up a recent one, but he ordered one of our I am Talk jerseys back in 2010. Wow! Well done, Roland. Well done for joining the team. That's impressive. Nice work. Okay. Actually, there we go. Even got a couple of buddies to get them as well. He ordered three jerseys at once back in 2010. There we go. That might have even been Iron Man talk jerseys almost. Roland Shooter, Sharp Shooter. The Sharp Shooter. There we go. Roland the Sharp Shooter. Yeah. Come on. That's absolutely. And, and so, how would we say it's a Rawiti? Rawiti. Rawiti. So, in the, in the Maori language, vowels are different. Yeah, don't go asking me to But you did years learning I in it. I did a teensy, but I need to do a lot more and I would like to do a lot more. So an E could be an A? Well, it depends so you're saying Ra. A, depends when you've got an accent above it or not. Okay, or, uh, so I'm going to say Ra. Tor- tor- so, I'd say I would have said Rawiti, but you're saying Rawiti. We, Rawiti, you need to tell us. Yes. You need to email us in and just say exactly how we say it because we want to get it right first of all and maybe tell us what we're doing with our vowels. But you're saying the A is... Because for those overseas, the Maori language has more of the vowels are different to ours and how they pronounce mm. them. Now, I'm 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 not even 101. I'm zero. John's bit 101. Um, so yeah, we want to get that right. So uh, Rawiti, Wiki, the Raider, um, and Roland, the Sharp Shooter. Yes, that's a little more straightforward. Yeah, very good. Okay, then uh, let's say thank you. For, so for those who aren't patrons and you've thought about being a patron. Seriously, it makes a big difference to us keeping the show going. So if you want to be a patron of the show and you want to support the boys with the boys with the show throughout the year, by all means jump on our website 
go through the process and it just helps us do what we're doing um and yeah for all those people who give us some of your money each week it really does mean a lot so thank you so much for those who are patrons and again if you're thinking about doing it just do it it really helps us if you want some coaching you can check out coachjohnnewsome.com or as epiccamps epiccamp.com anything i do uh bevanjamesoz.com and if you want to email us email us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com okay john boy what's your goss how was the new year's New Year's was uh, particularly quiet, just stayed up to watch the fireworks which they put on and that was about it. No big parties or anything like that. Did a bit of charades to stay awake. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and no, it was just a nice little break, did a bit of everything. Took my son Tom up the, the Taka Hill for the first time, which is oh, a big nice. climb we got up there. Uh, swam with the jellyfish and going to do the Kepler next week, which I'm looking forward to. Yep. Uh, not much else really, just chilled. Managed to keep the computer shut. Didn't answer any emails. It's great when you don't send the emails. People know you're away. They just stop sending them. Yeah, it's funny that. Funny that. Bevan, what about you? A couple of things. Uh, first of all, we so we, we, we go camping every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm always disappointed in New Year's. Mm-hmm. Because in New Year's, we just never, it just never goes off. You mm-hmm. know, like it's it's fun. We stay up to midnight and we mm-hmm. sing the song and all the But it's never... And the reason is, John, is we don't have good music. It's oh, not that we don't have good music. We don't have loud music. You took the boom box this year. So this the, year, my yeah. job was to turn up with the good speaker. Yeah. So Joe and I bought a speaker. I tell you what, mm-hmm. great. Like it's only about it's only about this big, which which is probably... Size was forearm. Yep. Size of forearm, kind of squared. Mm-hmm. Um, a JBL, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, turn up to the campground. And I go, team, I promise I'll bring a speaker. And then Mark Rippon, one of the other guys in the camp, goes, I bought the same speaker. <laughs> so we had two speakers, but worked out well because you could Bluetooth them together. Right. And New Year's Around went sound. off DJ BJ. Yeah. Yep. I haven't got a juicy now with DJ BJ nice. written on it. Uh, and... I got compliments from other sites around us saying your your DJ was on fire. Good DJ. So if you guys are having a party, I've actually started a new business. Yeah, yeah. With, along with my Bevan Lingo. Yeah. You can DJ yeah. BJ at your party. Be careful what you do with that domain name when you um. Yeah. No, it could go up. wrong. Yeah, yeah. it could go wrong. <laughs> the key to being a DJ is it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about what keeps people on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And I and a couple of times throughout the night, mm-hmm. someone asked me to do a request for the kids, and I was like, I really didn't want to do it because <laughs> I knew the song was going to kill the dance floor. Yeah. So I did one, and it, and it did kill the dance floor, and the kids singing along, and I was like, yeah. Ugh. And then the other thing we had, they had microphones, mm-hmm. which seems like a good idea, but DJ no. PJ didn't like the microphone. No. Whoops, I've gone missing. <laughs> yeah, I did do that a few times. Yeah. And because the kids would get the microphones and they'd start singing. It's like, well, I don't want to hear kids singing, mm. you know? Later, early on, you can do some karaoke by all means. What's, what's up? I don't know. Someone's calling you? Yeah. Can you phone? Just, no. Oh. Um, so DJ BJ, big New Year's, absolutely mm. stoked. Because uh, I couldn't really do much for my knee, I went swimming a couple of times. Paul mm-hmm. and I went into the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wanaka's maybe my favourite place to swim in the world. Mm-hmm. That lake. No jellyfish there. No jellyfish. Clear water. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. But a little bit cold. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit cold. So we, Paul and I goes, do you want to go for a swim? So we get up in the morning. We drive into... We, we, one day I swam in the lake by where we stay. Mm-hmm. But it was in the afternoon, so it wasn't that cold. And then the next morning, Paul and I goes, do you want to go for a swim in, in town? So we went mm-hmm. to swim. Get it there. Porno's got a wetsuit. Oh, nice. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be right. And I was actually pretty fine. We swim. We only swim like a K and a half, two Ks. It wasn't that much. And he we went for coffee afterwards. I'm shivering for like uh, an hour. Yeah. Like my body. It's amazing how your body just can't. Oh, it's pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. Like I literally for like, it wasn't until I got back to the campground, I could really mm. put so many clothes on. Mm. I was probably shivering probably for a good hour and a half. Mm. 
you know. And then the second time we went, I took shitloads of clothes, and even then, <laughs> it took me a long time to get my body temperature up. <laughs> yeah, no, nah. but I but I loved it. But yeah, definitely you're paying the price. So that's my lesson for this year. I haven't got a wetsuit. I don't want to buy yeah. one either. So oh. yeah. To hook up a sponsor, yeah, for the non-swimming, <laughs> non-swimming. I won't do any social media posts for you. I won't do yeah. anything for you. But can you give me a wetsuit? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Are you sponsored by wetsuit company nowadays. Yeah, got all on board. Oh, got all. Are they yeah. round still? Are they? Yeah, shit, yeah. Oh, They're really? Great suits. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. they were the cream of the crop back in the day. Yeah. Still to today. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get myself a free suit here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a new phone, but I did get a new watch. Bought myself a new watch. What kind of watch did you get? Bought myself a Garmin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. How much you pay? I paid about half the price because the new ones come out. Um, initially, I thought it was broken because I was running along going, this thing ain't working properly. What so, was wrong with it? Well, it was saying I was running at like four minute oh, and I was like, this is not correct. But then all of a sudden at the weekend, it revitalized itself and it, uh, did a park run. I had very low expectations, mm. like rock bottom and uh, went really well. Had some new Saucony Endorphin running shoes on. And um, are, they, are they plated? They're the plate ones and they made a Big difference. They felt great. What um? What's the difference? Because how old was your old Garmin? Uh, it was a different brand, and it was pretty old. And the difference is monumental. Oh, really? Yeah. In what way? Well, like, what uh, will you use? It works. <laughs> that, that does, that's one hundred and one. Um, but I'm not going to swim with it either because I don't want the the the. They um, get tired, do they? Well, no, it ruins the the altitude, the barometer, and oh, um, over, over time it does anyway. So I'm not going to do that. And do you have a swimming watch? Well, I'd probably use my old one okay. for, for swimming. If yep. I, um, but at the moment, I'm not recording anything. So, yeah, it's good. But what sets are you? Because you're not big geek, are no, you? No, no. I just want uh, accurate pace. I want accurate elevation. Um, I just want it to work properly. Yep. Um, so it ticks all those boxes. Not so sure. This, this got one of the solar ones, and whether the solar actually works and does any difference in terms of solar powering. So uh, so sure is there that. a battery as a backup? or? Yeah, no, you charge it up, but in theory, it should hopefully keep charging a bit. Mm. Mm. There you go. There you go. Well, that's us for the first year, first show of the year, John. That's right. Let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car. car.